Welcome to the Abundant Wellness with Andrea podcast from surviving to thriving in mind, body, and spirit. Hey there, I'm Andrea Jones, registered nurse, functional hormone coach, inner healing and deliverance pastor, and most importantly, wife and mother of two beautiful girls. This podcast is really a conversation about how to discover and walk in an abundant life that God has laid out for us while processing what I call the messy middle, pain and overcoming things in our life that are hard in order to nurture all of the parts of you so that you can walk in abundant wellness in all areas. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Abundant Wellness Podcast with Andrea. Today we're going to be talking all about nervous system regulation um, and I'm going to be talking about some approaches to use throughout the winter. So if you did not listen to last um, the last episode where we talked about managing cortisol throughout the the winter, you're definitely one going to want to go back and listen to that episode um, because it ties into what I'm going to be talking about today. So both um, nervous system regulation and cortisol regulation are vital um, if we want to have healthy emotions, if we want to have a regulated mood, um, if we want to, you know, really kind of go through the holiday season without Um, all of the overwhelm and stress and frustration that can often come up throughout the holidays. So I want to talk about this from a couple of different perspectives. And I'm going to start off with, um, with something that I've been observing with a lot of my keys to emotional freedom coaching clients, which is um, this desire to have a perfectly like calm, peaceful, happy holidays. And I actually started talking with them about this in October, because I knew that so many of them were, you know, were working through some emotional baggage. They're working through some very real hurts, pains, traumas, significant events in their life. And they're probably going to be seeing family members that are part of that story or that negative um, narrative that they're, they're walking through. And I knew that if we didn't get really real about how we were actually doing and get really real about our expectations, this could be a very unfun holiday. And I want to, I, I, that is something I'm observing with my own clients, but I want to share this just from my own personal life, because I think it's important to hear other people's stories about, um, you know, what they've walked through and how that's impacted them. And so I grew up in a fairly dysfunctional home. Um, My mother had borderline personality disorder, um, very dysregulated. Christmas time was not super pleasant. I would say she did a great job making some fun memories for us. Um, She was very creative. So we always knew that we were going to get some really fun, creative ornaments. We were going to get, you know, elaborate um, cross-stitched items, you know, things that I really do still treasure to this day. Um, But the emotional dysregulation that was very present in my home made the holidays uh, just an an unfun time for me. And I remember by the time I was in high school, um, I was in competitive choir in high school. I loved singing. I loved um, all of the things that we were doing. And I also loved being busy during that time because it meant that I got to be homeless and I got to have some kind of balance in my life with all of those things. Now, fast forward to me being married, I'm pregnant with my first daughter and my dad is um, on hospice for a terminal brain cancer. 
And um, I realized for the first time that I was going to have to be confronting some of those childhood emotions that I had buried. And I had this kind of unspoken expectation that now that I'm married and I have a family of my own, the holidays are going to be magical and perfect. And I think to some degree, we all kind of have bought into this belief a little bit. I think it's why the Lifetime Christmas movies, you know, or the Hallmark Christmas movies do so well is because we all want that magical ending, right? We all want that uh, hope-filled um, everything's easy. Everybody loves each other. Everybody gets along. We all want that. And I think especially, you know, as an Enneagram nine, I am very much a peacemaker. Um, and that's just something that, that drives me, you know, in most of my interactions and most of my desires. And so, um, I had to get very real during that season about life was not kind. It was not easy. Um, my mom was not getting better. In fact, she was getting significantly worse. Um, and I may never have a happy holiday ever again, because my dad is on hospice during one of the best times of the year. I'm nine months pregnant. Life is not what I thought it would be. And I was forced to face, um, the reality that I couldn't have this thing that I wanted. I would never get back all of the years of like my childhood that was lost that I didn't get to enjoy due to my nervous system being dysregulated throughout the holidays. And so many of us grow up with this expectation that really does come from a broken childhood. It comes from a broken, uh, broken experiences growing up where we didn't get to just be a kid. And so we want to go to this place of almost fantasy where we're imagining that now that we have kids of our own, now that we have, you know, we're all adults that everybody's just going to, you know, grow up and get along. And that's just unfortunately not the case, because if we grew up in an environment like that, the likelihood that everyone in the family is dysregulated is very, very likely. And so I want to talk about this because if we are going to actually regulate our nervous systems, we have to do some work within that. And that work isn't going to be easy, but it is going to be fruitful. And um, and I and I want to just kind of weave in some hope within this because we, if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, um, we aren't just doing this on our own. We have the hope of the gospel. We have the presence of Jesus. We have the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit that is partnering with us in this work that Christ finished on the cross. You know that that is being fulfilled filled throughout your life. And so I knew for me that meant confronting some really big things. It meant confronting my own trauma. It meant that I couldn't pretend that life wasn't as traumatic as it has been. And it meant that I had to completely flip the script on its head and create new memories. It meant that I had to get rid of, you know, literally like not metaphorically, but literally get rid of items that, you know, I would be decorating my house and I would be reminded of a lot of really painful things that I had grown up in. And I realized that if I wanted to create a happy and healthy environment for my family, for my brand new baby, for my husband, for myself, if I really truly wanted to have peace, then it had to look different than it had done before it, it than it had before. And, um, 
that meant a lot of overhaul. Um, it meant that I was checking in with myself to see, hey, is my nervous system regulated when I'm around this person? Or do I feel really dysregulated when I'm around this person? Um, how long can I be in their presence before I start to feel like I'm being engulfed by their dysfunction? Um, because that's not really healthy either. And so many of us, you know, we we take on the belief that we have to submit ourselves to that simply because it's the holidays mm -hmm. and because Christ called us to love one another. And while Jesus does say, you know, to love your neighbor, he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself, which means that you're also checking in with yourself. Um, and the Bible never says that we're to put ourselves in a position of being abused for the sake of another believer. In fact, I would encourage you, if that's something that you really wrestle with, um, to go back and read the Old Testament, because the Old Testament is very clear about how God feels about oppression, violence, and abuse. Um, and so, so many, so many people that I talk to during this season, um, as we're making plans for the holidays, they're noticing that they're feeling more dysregulated. Maybe they're feeling sad and they don't know why. Um, I had a client that was sharing last week. She's like, I just feel really low and I just can't figure out why. And so we spent some time kind of digging into that. Like when, when was the last time you felt that way? Um, you know, is there a theme to the sadness? Uh, you know, are there things that you're missing that maybe you don't feel like you can talk about? Um, and as we began to really dig into that, she began to open up and explain, you know what? I, life is not what I thought it would be. I'm disappointed. My child is sick. My marriage isn't doing very well. I'm, you know, hustling and bustling, you know, busting my butt to make a beautiful house so that everybody can enjoy it. But the things that I want the most are not available to me. I just want a happy family. And that kind of level of stress will cause, um, it will cause nervous system dysregulation. Now within that, we also want to look at, we also want to look at the reality of what we're avoiding, right? And, and, so many people want to just avoid their triggers, right? We want to feel happy around the holidays. We want to be able to flip on that radio station and have joy. And the reality is, is that that discomfort, the triggers, the sadness, the fitful nights of sleep, the increased anxiety is really a call to invite the Holy Spirit inwards to say, hey, what's going on in my heart really around all of this? Like what's, how am I really, really doing with all of this? Um, because we can't have a regulated nervous system without also doing the work of regulating our emotions. So one of the things that I was talking to the keys to emotional freedom coaching clients last week is this myth that I have to always be regulated. Like if I'm going to have a regulated nervous system, I have to always be calm. I have to always be peaceful. I have to always be happy. And that's really actually not the definition of a regulated nervous system. Your nervous system has two primary components. If we were to break them down into two systems, we have the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. One will uh, is responsible for taking us into fight or flight or action mode when we are exposed to, to stress. The other, uh, the other nervous system is meant to pull us back into calm, regulation, balance. That's what we would call the rest and digest. 
you can't do them both simultaneously. Um, And most of us have been living in that fight or flight anxiety, chronic stress nervous system, and not the rest and digest nervous system. And because we've lived in that place for so long, we don't know how to shift the gears out of it. Um, And so what really we're meant to do when when, uh, we're talking about nervous system regulation is to be able to flow freely and easily between those two nervous system states. So let's say, for example, you're driving your car and the person in front of you, you know, it's raining outside, it's really dark, and the person in front of you slams on their brakes. You might... (gasps) hold your breath. You might yell some words that you regret. You might get really angry. You might feel your heart racing, but eventually that should come down. We're not meant to live in that state of chronic stress and anxiety all of the time, um, which is why we need to flow between the two different states of our nervous system being regulated. Um, Now, I would say I would bet money Um, that that belief that I always have to be regulated, I always have to be calm, I always have to be balanced, really comes from a place of it not actually ever being safe for you not to be regulated. Maybe you didn't have a parent that could co-regulate with you. Maybe you didn't have a parent that hugged you and calmed you down when you were anxious. Maybe you didn't have, um, nobody gave you the the tools or the skills that you needed to um, move through your emotions with ease. Um, And that's true for a lot of us, Um, even our, you know, parents that are well-meaning and, you know, and had all the tools in their tool belt. um, Not all of us had that experience. And so if you have that belief that I always have to be calm, I always have to be regulated, I always have to have things together, more than likely it's because it was never safe for you to fall apart. And that's really hard when we have to grow up and we have to adult without a space to fall apart Um, because your nervous system, again, was meant to flow. It was meant to take a big deep breath in and then eventually exhale, right? And that exhale can look like things falling apart and being very messy and having some emotional dysregulation and then bringing brought back in, being brought back into a place of regulation, If you're recognizing this in yourself, um, a lot of the strategies that I mentioned in the last episode with cortisol regulation are going to help with nervous system regulation. But I want to invite you to spend some time in the the following questions, because these questions are things that I dive into when I notice that I'm just feeling a little bit dysregulated. I'm feeling a little bit off. I'm feeling like I can't come out of maybe uh, a state of anxiety or stress. And I want you to pay attention to these things, maybe write them down, put them on the notepad in your phone um, and use them when you need them, because um, these have really, really helped me. They've helped a ton of my clients learn how to attune to their nervous system so that they can move through whatever it is that they're experiencing. So the first question that I would ask is, where do I feel this in my body. And the easiest way to really tune into where you feel it in your body is to close your eyes and kind of just imagine like you're, you're scanning your body from the top of your head all the way to the bottom of your feet. So I notice when I'm doing this right now that the back of my neck feels a little bit tight. I feel like my chest feels maybe a little bit tight. Maybe I've been carrying some stress in there. My stomach feels good. Uh, My back feels good. And I just kind of go all the way down. Okay. You want to pay attention to those things. I notice that I carry a lot of tightness in my shoulder. 
no clue why that is. Could be scoliosis, could be a number of different things, but pay attention to that. You might notice that you're kind of holding your breath. Um, and that is a common sign that we're stuck in, um, in the fight or flight nervous system. And we want to get out of that. So where do I feel this in my body? When did I first begin to feel this way? Now, some of us, if we've been stuck in this state for a really long time, um, we may notice that, um, gosh, it's been months. It's been months, you guys. So last year or 2023, our, uh, I got long COVID, actually 2022, November of 2022, I got long COVID, didn't know that I had long COVID, got severe anemia um, that threw my adrenal glands into a crisis, uh, massively impacted my frontal lobe threw me into like basically fight or flight um, just because my body was under so much physiologic stress from the illness. And then our house flooded. And then we had to move in and out of our house twice. Um, We didn't have a kitchen for nine months. And when you have a family with multiple food sensitivities and you have to make everything from scratch, not having a kitchen is a really, really, really big deal. And so my body was stuck in this place of just like, it was just stuck nervous system stuckness. That's what I would call it. So when I asked myself that question, when did I first feel this way? I had to go back almost nine months because there had been so many different stressors that just got stacked on one after the other. So for some of you, it may be like, Oh, I noticed I felt this way, you know, this morning when Bertha yelled at me, when I tried to check my child in to daycare. Um, Some of you, it may have been, you know, as long as a week or two ago. And for others, it may be, I don't remember the last time I didn't feel this way. There is no judgment on the answer. It's just to develop awareness of where those stressors are coming from. And then taking that a little bit deeper to what is it about this situation that's triggering me? What am I afraid of? Um, What am I worried is going to happen or is, is not going to happen? And what do I need to do to feel safe and secure? Now, when you answer this question, it may not be that there is the opportunity to feel safe and secure, but it's important to identify what the need is in order for you to feel safe and secure. So for example, um, my daughter has pandas. She is pretty well recovered, but we still have moments of, you know, where she's exposed to a cold or a virus and her immune system still kind of misbehaves with that. And um, when that happens, it can be very triggering because uh, it has led to some very scary, very stressful situations in the past. And I go through this list. I can tell my nervous system is like, we're getting ready to go into, you know, mom, mama bear fight mode. We're getting ready to, you know, this might be a very stressful, anxious time. Um, I'm feeling this, you know, in my stomach, in my chest, in my head. And what do I need to do to feel safe and secure? And the more uh, thorough and the more detailed I can get with that question of what do I need to feel safe and secure? Um, the better and the more proactive I'm able to be when those things occur. Some of the things that really help me to feel safe and secure and downregulate my nervous system are knowing that I will have help, um, practical help, meaning that if she ends up staying home from school, I don't have to miss work or, um, or that meals will be provided or taken care of, or that somebody can maybe help me out with grocery shopping. Any of those things that they're just the practical hands-on that I know I can reach out and ask for prayer. I know that I can do X, Y, and Z, right? 
um, that maybe my husband can't fix it because he's at work all day. But when he comes in, uh, when he comes home from work, that he can wrap me up in a really big hug and help my nervous system to calm down. Right. So identifying the things that you need to feel safe. Again, it doesn't mean that you may have access to all of those things. Um, but it means that you're going to start to get really resourceful when your nervous system gets really overactivated. Maybe you need to talk to a friend about the big stressors that are going on in your life. Maybe meeting with a counselor would be a good idea to actually start working through those things that are really triggering to you. Um, but it's important to identify what you need to feel safe and secure because we were wired for connection when we had to endure hard things. And this goes back to attachment theory. Uh, we don't really ever grow out of the need to attach and connect to both God and others in our community, our spouses, our partners, our friends, um, and other me safe members of our community. So again, I'm going to list off those questions for you. And then in the next episode, I'm going to actually talk, you, talk to you about um, strategies for regulating your nervous system um, during the holidays. So those questions are, where do I feel this in my body? When did I first begin to feel this way? What is it about this situation that triggers me, makes me feel scared, makes me feel like I don't have help? Um, and what do I need in order to feel safe again? I hope that this episode helped you and remember to subscribe so that you can get be the first to know about the next episode where I'm going to walk you through strategies for regulating your nervous system. Thanks for listening.